feature presentation. Welcome back to the 8th Best Movie Podcast in Canada. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, we are going through the looking glass uh, with Florence Pugh's Alice Chambers character. I think that's a little on worried? the nose, naming her Alice. Right. Right. Don't didn't worry, even, darling. Didn't even think about that. Yeah, today we are reviewing Olivia Wilde's Don't Worry, Darling, starring Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, Olivia Wilde, uh, Gemma Chan, Kiki Lane, Nick Kroll, Chris Pine, uh, and more. Uh, we're a little late on this one. Uh, I'm not going to apologize because Eric and I have been busy as fuck doing <laughs> Tiff and other things. Um, so this will be a spoiler-filled uh, episode. Uh, the movie's been out for you know at least a weekend now, you know, almost a full week. So uh, we just thought, and a lot of our maybe criticisms rely on things that we want to actually talk about in detail. Cause a lot of the times we have to tiptoe around certain things because of plot points or how a twist is handled or something like that. So, um, this one, you know, we're going through the looking glass. Like Eric mentioned, we are spoiling everything. So if you haven't seen, don't worry, darling, uh, and you care about spoilers, uh, jump out. Um, if you don't care about spoilers stick around because we're about to spoil the whole movie and maybe that's going to be a better decision for you anyway so eric how are you doing matt i'm good i um i'm excited because as we're recording this we're getting ready for our trip to new york uh to see white noise and you know between now and then we are trying to record as much as humanly possible uh so this is one of those reviews that we did want to get out and have a conversation about just in terms of um you know adding to the conversation because there is a lot that has been discussed whether it be about the film specifically or events outside of the movie a lot of discourse um so we're going to try to focus who better film. to break it down than Matt and Eric of the Untitled Movie Review? <laughs> Two white guys, you know, who are complete dinguses. Um, yeah, it's it's. I don't know where to start with this. I like it's it's one of those films that truly does hinge on the twist, and you know we talked about this with Barbarian, where if it earns that kind of suspension of disbelief or that moment of. Um, you know, uh, realization, it can kind of make you feel that any plot holes or, uh, illogical world building is decisions you know, from the characters decisions like from that. the characters are secondary to getting to this moment. You know, mm -hmm. there, there, there have been tons of twists over time. You know, obviously we talked about M night Shyamalan in the clerks three review. And I feel that, not even the sixth sense but more so the village is a film that will be something to compare this to um there's also films like stephen knight's serenity um which is another movie that kind of is is first thing i thought of while watching this that I yeah except serenity serenity is a bad movie like it is a bad film and but like, i'd rather something so bad like serenity than something so middle well, of the road well that's what i'm like, getting at i i, I think yeah. i think 
Serenity with Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway has more of a personality and a filmmaker and it's who just so completely ridiculous. doesn't know what he's doing. And then again, it recontextualizes the whole film in a way that's almost like darkly funny. But also the thing that I don't really like about Serenity is the sexual abuse towards Anne Hathaway's character by sure, Jason yeah. Clark. And that kind of keeps me from like totally embracing the campy quality of it. But it is more campy than Don't Worry Darling, where I think the biggest offense I have with Don't Worry Darling, which makes it a really bad film, is that it's just boring. It's yeah. a movie that, you know, is well made in terms of its production design, its cinematography, its direction. It's competently put together, but it's so conceited in its messaging and reliant on that plot twist that when you get to it, it's like, oh, that's all there is. And, you know, there's nothing more. And even some of the yeah. casting kind of feels like, well, what's the point of having Harry Styles or Gemma, you know, Chan or Caper Lance or, or Nick Kroll? Like it, they could have been played by anybody. Harry Styles could have been played by Finn Whitrock, you know, like it, like, it doesn't feel like any of sure. the performances are memorable <laughs> or interesting or it's like, oh, it's a like, little stunt casting, right? I think it is. Right? With it Harry's, totally with is. Harry Styles, which is playing, you know, two Harry Styles strengths with the one version of the character. But then when you get to incel Harry Styles, you know, <laughs> I guess that's the stunt casting part of it where it's just like, you know, we're going to spoil the movie. Yeah. They're in a fucking VR thing. <laughs> like it's like, and Serenity was all a video game. Basically this whole movie was a, a, a virtual world. And like that in itself sounds batshit. But if I didn't already see that in something that was even more batshit, like the fishing movie Serenity, not necessarily a fishing movie. <laughs> Justice like, for Justice. Like, yeah, like it's it's I, I the first thing I thought of was was Serenity. But even on top of that, it's just derivative of things like the Stepford Wives, the village. Get out. Um, get out. Like there's so many things you can reference that this is kind of, you know, just a, another version of that. Episodes I think, of Black Mirror, the Twilight Zone, the prisoner yeah. from the 60s. It, it, it's again, don't want to sound smarter like a, gate, than it is, but a like, gatekeeper either. And it's not that this can't do that. Because no, some of those like, other things have done this really well, right? Or really badly, you know? Like, yeah. I think The Village is a perfect example of, I mean, even Serenity. The Village, you look at The Village and The Village is like, it's very smug with like, it's conceit where once it reveals that in The Village, spoiler alert for the movie from 2004, um that you know they're living in kind of a gated community and it's not really the past and that it is the present it's almost like the reveal is like hi but you didn't see that coming well it's like maybe not but at the same time it's like it's not really that mind-blowing and then also no. with the that vr movie, thing i think was out of left field that i don't think many people would have called but the whole conceit of men controlling women in this idyllic 1950s setting of how it used to be how men were in control and were the uh, providers and things like that that was very obvious from the beginning from the first trailer i could have told you what this movie was right. so when the movie relies so heavily on that being the twist no matter if it's in fucking vr if they're in space if it's just this weird thing in the middle of the nevada desert that they bring women to and brainwash them like it could have been any of those things and it's still the the main thing is that, oh, it's these men basically kidnapping these women and brainwashing them and putting them into something to make them this idyllic version of their, uh, you know, toxic masculinity 
views. Yeah, being very regressive and having someone like Chris Pine, who, you know, Olivia Wilde has said that he's kind of playing like a version of Jordan Peterson. Although I think it would have been funnier if it was someone like Dave Batista playing a version of Joe Rogan, because then it would kind of add some satire to like this kind of person only being yeah. able to have this kind of power in a world like this and how ridiculous they kind of are in the, 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 the concept of this design uh, in this town of victory where the pine thing is like, you never see pine in the real world. You only hear his voice, but you see him, you know, in this virtual world and he's Chris Pine. And I kind of feel like they should have taken some of that power away from him in the real world, even more so than just having him as kind of, uh, you know, underground, uh, alt-right, um, you know, podcaster type. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, it kind of feels like, again, it's, it's not really thinking things through. And then like, there's this other aspect of like a lot of the women have been kidnapped by their, you know, partners or spouses and, and are, are, you know, in this kind of almost like clockwork orange, like kind of um, uh, open sort of scanner um, and, and sort of submitting to that. But then it's like, okay, well, how would this work? Because Alice in the real world is a, doctor who works for an ER and you know her missing for an extended period of time I think would raise some eyes especially on him when he looks like how he does yeah and (laughs) and like you like you think like after a while somebody would suspect something or the same thing with one of the other you know people that have been kidnapped by their significant others and then on top of that as well you know going back to the village again what the village did really poorly and and was disgusting is the way that M. Night Shyamalan cast Adrian Brody playing somebody with, you know, uh, a disability. And in this, you have Kiki Lane being kind of the scapegoat slash martyr of this film and how it also handles mental health and wellness um, in terms of her committing suicide and it kind of being passed off as just, you know, a, a, uh, a plot point and it just kind of feels yeah i think it's intentionally meant yeah I th- well i think all of that is intentional of like how the men are handling that right like i right. guess I, I i but it's still clunky know. i think in terms of oh, how totally it, it gets that point across and it's just like oh you're just kind of you're, you're, you really it's all are very just, obvious to me, like or not obvious, but just in your face and and on the nose and kind of blunt with it all. And, yeah. and that's why when it relies so heavily on a twist, like we like we're saying, like it just doesn't really land because I, I, I wish you kind of just I don't know. I don't know how you improve the the concept because the concept itself could be interesting and some of the things you're saying are interesting and and i want to say like florence Pugh trying her goddamnedest to make this movie something because she is fantastic and she is good in this movie with a really bad script like i just think it's a bad script for this to be on the blacklist however many years ago and i know that they did a bunch of rewrites and and changed the ending and and, and stuff like that that but like i just found like it, it to be so one note and again thinks it's smarter than it is but then also includes some of the dumbest storytelling beats and plot and cliches and and things that i see in 
the worst types of movies with like the doctor who accidentally leaves his fucking uh thing out his briefcase out timothy simmons who's a comedic actor yeah that has a file on it that you know florence Pugh needed to see and then he leaves his briefcase conveniently behind and like there's numerous things like that that are just kind of so lazy in its screenwriting where i'm like you really couldn't have found a better way to kind of get to that point or get to her to find like the plane crash thing of her finding the exit to the vr thing was like the fuck does that even mean and i know kiki's lane lane's character had an airplane or her son who was taken away from her had this toy plane and stuff like that like there's all these elements that seem so like they didn't know what the fuck to do with any of them or they didn't know how to get from point a to point b to ultimately the twist and they just included all these like really obvious badly written like um conceits to get a character from a certain place or have a revelation or just some of the back and forth dialogue is is again just incredibly on the nose and um harry styles is fucking awful he's awful he's He's so bad um, he's, he's really, he's really bad, really bad. In, he's bad in that way that like, again, like the clip that went online, yeah. when the movie was kind of premiering at Venice and things like that. You know, there, there is some reasoning with his dialect, I guess, but that's giving him the benefit of the doubt. He is just a non-entity here for somebody who's so charismatic, you know, on stage, on stage and, yeah. and, and as a performer, none of that translates here. Like his line deliveries are so awkward and still. Whose world is it? Ours! <laughs> the way he no, dances, bro. it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It like, it's so, he's so bad, but the whole cast is outside of Florence Pugh this entire cast it's like it's it's not necessary to have these actors in these roles and it's more distracting because they are bigger olivia wilde being in it is distracting yeah olivia Um, wilde i think is okay in the movie i think she's fine but i just feel like her being in it is distracting yeah yeah and 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 again like you know we're not bringing anything from what is happening on the outside i don't care about any of that but no no but it's it's again like it's like okay you know some of this is going to trickle through and I can understand why some people would be talking about that in the narrative because it's almost like its own thing. Like you could basically see like Ryan Murphy making a season's worth of feud based on this down the line or something like that. I'm um, sure he would, but, but yeah, to me, yeah. I said like, it's not even worth all the fuss of that. Like it's, it's not. just so, it's so mediocre. Like it's not bad enough to be fun to watch. It's not good enough to, to want to watch or have fun watching it so like it just kind of ends up being like it's trying really really hard um with its visuals with its concept with it you know all of that where matthew libatique cinematographer uh, i love i love maddie but like um and you know it looks fine i agree with you from a technical standpoint like the movie it doesn't look cheap or ugly or anything like that like it is well designed it's it's um you know the cinematography is all right like even some of the kind of you know abstract images it gets over i hated those too like, because so like the, did i but the, like the, I, the, the 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 detail to symmetry i think becomes frustrating after a while or even when it's trying to create some tension or jump scares with the insert shots of the busby berkeley s kind of like musical demonic yeah. dancers i like hated kind of the a, score that reminds you something out of like a, a dark castle production from the late nineties, like house on haunted Hill, the remake. And it's just, it's so, it's so tacky and it's so, it's just, it's not, 
it's frivolous it's uninteresting it doesn't add to the story it doesn't add any sort of subversive quality to you know the world underneath this you know beautiful pristine it's just all empty and hollow I agree. <laughs> I yeah, I agree with the visuals. Like it, it at first, you're like, okay, are they going to do something interesting here? Um, and then they're just continuously inserted throughout the movie in like a kind of uninspired way. Um, the score I felt was obnoxious, like John Powell's score. Like it has that ha 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 ha, like this yeah, like kind of like yeah, like kind of thing that goes like throughout the entire thing. That just is like again, everything is trying so hard and again that can work sometimes but unfortunately here um i just found myself sitting there going okay and then just watching everything happen and you know like you said earlier people are making decisions that you're not really sure why they're doing that um there's some really obvious kind of plot elements that you kind of roll your eyes at um and then the whole when it kind of you know shows you the twist and, and and from there you start to kind of pick away at going how would that work <laughs> or oh okay uh is was there a better way to do this like the idea I, I i understand it's an interesting concept but i feel like the whole vr clockwork orange thing maybe not the root like maybe that's something where people are gonna go what and like not in a good way, like in Serenity, where it was so out of left field that I laughed a lot. But yeah, I think uh, like yeah, the incel best... Harry Styles. Hilarious. Oh God, he's. So... I mean, like that's even kind of just like give me a break. Like we're gonna deglam Harry Styles and give him some acne and you know a scruffy kind of uh, goatee, and it's just like okay, like it's it's weirdly like condescending. It's like he's 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 one of us, you know, like he's 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 one he's of one the of working class. Yeah. And it's just like, give me a break. Um, yeah, I think like the best version of a movie like this um, that isn't necessarily, you know, sort of contingent on a twist or a plot revelation is Todd Haynes is safe with Julianne Moore, which was kind of almost, you know, mimicking or paying homage to Douglas Sirks, where you have a story of a housewife who kind of feels empty and alone and the world around her is kind of moving on, but she's not. And then she starts developing this sickness and she can't breathe and she doesn't know where it's coming from. And you're not sure if it's in her own head or if, you know, it's, um, you know, her family members that are gaslighting her and telling her that everything is fine and it's not. And that, I think probably did play a role in sort of the influence on the rewrites of the script because the, the script is written by Katie Silberman, who was one of the writers on Olivia Wilde's book smart and uh, the Van Dyke brothers, uh, Carrie and Shane uh, are given story credit. So I can see Silberman coming in and doing rewrites and maybe sort of adding that social commentary into something that was maybe more sort of high concept, even though it still is very much a uh, high concept overall. And it just kind of feels just empty and not empty in that Douglas Cirque way where you're kind of left kind of almost at an ambiguous crossroads. It's like, oh, that was it. Okay. Like that's really nothing all that profound or, um, you know, in any kind of way controversial or lives up to the the hype you've been hearing around the movie. It's yeah, it just kind of feels like oh, okay, it played out 
like a two hour episode of the Twilight Zone, the prisoner, Black Mirror, and it just and you'll never think about it again. No, <laughs> like that's no, basically not at all. It. You'll think all. about more of the controversy, 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 than, um, than you will of the movie. And yeah. um, it ended up just not really being not a horrible movie, but almost its biggest crime is not being a horrible movie or not being middle a of the road films. I think like, are the most offensive yeah. because there's no, I mean, even though we, we, you know, we, we are still talking about it and we sure. had 20 minutes, but I feel if we didn't we could do that have, about any movie, Eric, but, but if we didn't have the spoiler aspect to discuss, I think it would have been harder to review as a whole. I think, you know, having this conversation does kind of help because at least you can look at this movie and say like, okay, this is why it didn't work for me and why, you know, this film relies so heavily on this one sort of aspect and, and not sort of integrating it better or thinking that it is more, it's, it is more conceited overall. So it just kind of feels like, oh, well that's, that's all it's kind of, you know, based on and that's it. And it leaves you um, just kind of like, shrugging i mean at least with clerks three there's an ending that's so baffling that it's almost like that is a weird twist or this is just like oh okay um sure that's I mean, pretty like, much I, what i, I expected it. other than maybe the vr thing <laughs> like yeah. it's like that is i think for a lot of people going to be out of left field like people who didn't see serenity <laughs> um and which there are a lot of people because that movie didn't do oh well, no one no saw one saw movie. it no one saw it so i i do feel like people will watch this movie and be baffled by the choice of it being in a virtual world. Right. Like I was saying, and I'm not saying that this is a better movie, but again, I already brought up, brought up like, Oh, maybe it's like a bunch of men. The world was ending. They had to go fucking relocate on another planet. And they wanted to like start, you know, from the fifties again, when men were men and, you know, and things like that. And they brainwashed the woman, women to come to this new planet and, and start, new i'm like that sounds more interesting and more believable to me than a fucking vr thing and then i'm like maybe that still would have been a bad movie and i, I you know you hate playing uh backseat writer after you've already seen a movie but i'm like there's just so many different directions i feel like you could have taken that wouldn't have pulled me out <laughs> literally um and and made me go like ah, I, I just don't this is a choice here and then it felt very you know i get you're trying to make a commentary on you know things of the last you know five years or so and even longer but like it just felt almost like too in the moment and too obvious and too uh kind of on the nose and 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 i don't know it just didn't work man but yeah it ended up being like oh okay not awful not good uh just kind of something i won't think about again so i'm gonna give the movie a Oh, ironically the same rating i gave clerks at 2.5 <laughs> which is shocking to me <laughs> well i'm also going to give uh don't worry darling the same rating i gave clerks three which is a one and a half and i feel like a lot of the movies we discussed are more interesting even if a lot of them are bad or again dependent on that twist so um take that as what you will i i, I again like if you want to see it and, and and give it a shot that's that's you know that's great and if you like it i i wish we liked it more <laughs> than than you know than some people seem to so it's some it's people might things. just be fine with it because i think at best you'll go oh it was okay and i i can understand that like i 
I I don't think it's an awful movie by any means. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. Just indifferent mostly. Yeah. And I also, I mean, like, I also understand because like, you know, Olivia Wilde, this is her second feature film as a director. And there is something to say there as my dogs are barking. I apologize. Um, there's something to say there where it's like, I want more women to be making studio movies. And I absolutely agree. Yeah. And not just that, but her to continue making studio movies because there is this precedent where, you know, a lot of women who, you know, make studio movies like the, 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 the cautionary tale is always Elaine May, you know, somebody who goes and makes films like the heartbreak kid and uh, Mikey and Nikki, and then, you know, makes this big studio movie with Ishtar and then never makes another film again because Ishtar was such a bomb where, you know, all these men who go and direct movies, have multiple chances. We talked about, you know, Kevin Smith or M night Shyamalan having multiple chances to fail upwards or continue to make movies, even when they've had one disaster after another, where it's like, if a woman makes something, there's this double standard. So like, I want Olivia Wilde to continue to make Olivia Wilde having a sophomore. Yeah. A sophomore slump. You don't want her to go into, you know, director's jail because of it. And I agree with that. Like I, yeah, Again, it's not an incompetent movie. It's not like, again, it's technically, you know, okay. But it's a it's bad just, script. I think that's yeah, what it I really think the comes script down is, to. is not great. Yeah. And, and the I performances think, by everybody outside of Florence Pugh either feel miscast or, in Harry Styles' case, awful. And hmm. it doesn't capture. And again, like Harry Styles actually might be good in something, but this isn't that role. And for him to, you know, post, I mean, like he was fine in Dunkirk. You know, I mean, yeah. he didn't really stand out one way or another. Didn't but have he much didn't, to say in that movie. No, but he didn't take anything away from the movie. I so agree you with can that. Use yeah. him, but I'm just saying here, it's like maybe yeah, you I gave just, him I too don't... much or relied too much yeah. on him, which I just uh, again, much like Brian O'Halloran, don't give play to their strengths. Okay? Brian O'Halloran <laughs> and Harry Styles team up for Clerks Four. For Let's incel. make it happen. Uh, <laughs> god oh my god all right uh thanks everyone uh we really do appreciate you guys uh listening or watching um you guys can check out all of our other reviews that we have out right now we have a review for clerks three that you guys can check out weirdly we reference both of these movies uh, a lot um but we also have a bunch of tiff reviews uh that we will be putting out over the next year probably until next <laughs> tiff um so we have a review for how to blow up a pipeline uh the greatest beer run ever which actually comes out this friday september uh, 30th uh women talking uh pearl which is out now uh, triangle of sadness the banshees of inishir and empire of light the whale the fablemans glass onion bros brother uh weird the al yankovic story so tons and tons of reviews over on the uh untitled movie reviews so uh check out all of those we don't spoil anything unless you know like in this we tell you beforehand um so don't worry about you know if you're gonna have the movie don't worry darling (laughs) did i do that intentionally no uh also our tiff wrap-up episode over on the untitled movie podcast channel uh you guys can get all of that stuff over on youtube at untitled movie podcasts or on your podcast service of choice uh one-stop shop for everything um is untitled underscore movies over on letterboxd uh, as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can uh worry about me darling uh on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. And you can worry about me, uh, Eric Marchin, on uh, rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Worry, darling.
worry. I was going to go, whose world is it? Ours! <laughs> Stupid ass scene. Bye.